Hey all, this is Cassie, the host of Everybody. And ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with how the human body works and how no matter what stage in life you're at, you can make amazing changes. Together, we're going to deep dive into topics like disease, nutrition, mental health, and more, all with a focus on how we can take steps toward living healthier, happier lives. What's up, guys, and welcome back. I'm going to start today's episode with an apology for my voice. I've definitely come down with some form of like laryngitis or something like that. Um, I definitely feel fine. I just don't sound fine. So today we're going to keep things relatively short and sweet, but still deliver on my promise from last week. Um, We're going to talk about just some general and kind of interesting differences between just the body structure of men and women and kind of see how a lot of it all comes down um, to just how we have, you know, been built for reproduction. And over the years, you know, uh, just one main purpose of survival is having babies, right? Um, A main, if you look at us as just like a species in itself, a species main purpose is to have babies and keep those babies alive long enough to have more babies. And um, that's really how our bodies are built too. So there is so much stigma around, you know, how women can do the same things as men these days, uh, these days always probably, but, um, and that's very, very true, but we can really do so much more than men too. Um, But we're also going to talk a little bit about just the body itself and some limitations that we do have on our body, no matter, you know, how hard we train, or how much we want to change our bodies. So women flat out are made to have babies. And if you go way back down to just bare survival days, men were built to hunt and protect women. And as much as you know, nowadays, It seems like, I don't know, even a little sexist to say that. Um, Really, if we go back thousands and millions of years, you know, that's how the human species came to survive for so long. And that's how our bodies are still relatively built today and our brain structure as well. So just getting into some basic kind of, I don't know, I think they're kind of fun facts. But on average, women are about 9% shorter than men. Now we know that this isn't always true. Um, you know, I am a woman, I'm six feet tall, I'm taller than a lot of men I know. Um, and so, you know, things change over time, evolution happens over time. But on average, women are about 9% shorter than men. And talking a little bit about bone structure. So men actually have 50% more bone mass than women at like our peak bone mass age. And, um, it's just interesting. Their their bones are just built so much differently than women's bones are. And a lot of that has to do with hormones as well. But um, men definitely have bigger heads, longer arms, longer legs. Um, women tend to be a little more flexible at their joints. Our elbows and our shoulder joints are definitely more mobile. Um, we have a longer torso than men, which accommodates for all of our reproductive organs. So on average, women will have a longer torso, which is also why some women happen to have shorter legs. So it's almost like this like give and take, like, if I need a longer torso, my legs are going to be shorter. Now for women like me, that's not necessarily true of a long torso and long legs. But, um, 
generally speaking, we're talking generals here today, um, women definitely will have that larger pelvis, right? And we know that that is for having children. So our pelvis tends to be wider. Um, our ligaments are a little more flexible. Uh, that allows, obviously, for passing of a child, some spreading through our pelvis itself. Um, women also have slanted thigh bones, and this leads to something called a Q angle. And so where your hip is in comparison to the center of your knee joint tends to be an inward angle. So our hip to our knee slants in. And that's actually what puts a lot of pressure on our knees and why a lot of women will get something called patellofemoral syndrome. If you've ever had knee pain before, just kind of right at the front of the knee over the kneecap, you've probably heard that term. Patellofemoral syndrome um, literally is coming from torque being put on the knee from that angle of our thigh bone. We're just built that way. That's just the way it is, which is why if you've ever gotten physical therapy, you're working on strengthening your hips to reduce that cue angle just a little bit. Moving on to our brains. This is very interesting stuff here. Men have bigger brains. So the size of their head is bigger. The size of their brain is bigger. But what's interesting is a woman's brain, first of all, is protected better. We have thicker skulls than men, which is very interesting. Um, and a woman's brain has more connections between the left and right side of their brain. So men tend to primarily use one side of their brain over the other, while women tend to use both sides of the brain more often. So we have a little more neuroactivity going on between the sides of our brains than men's. Um, hearing. So this is interesting as well. Women actually will hear higher frequencies more than men and that accommodates for hearing things like babies crying. So I've been in this situation before so many times at night when my kids were babies, but it's like you wake up and you hear the baby and you're like, don't you hear the baby crying, right? Like you're waking up your spouse or your husband or whoever, and it's like, don't you hear the baby crying? And they're like, no, I, I didn't hear anything. Um, but that higher frequency also allows us to hear baby animals as well. So like kittens and things like that, those cries are on the same frequencies or similar frequencies as human babies. But um, women also tend to lose more lower frequency hearing as we age. So we lose that lower frequency a little more often. So that's kind of, again, our trade out there. Um, now let's talk about muscles. And this is an area where I think there tends to be like a little bit of angst among women, especially female athletes, um, because Women are strong, you know, um, and we're always feeling like we're comparing ourselves to men, which I think isn't necessarily a fair comparison, and, and you'll kind of see why here. But um, obviously, our muscle type and structure and all of that can vary quite a bit based on your health and your fitness levels, your body type, you know, all of those things. But on average, men, their bodies are made up to 40 to 50% muscle and women are more like 30, 35% muscle. So um, what that kind of comes down to in comparison is men have about 66% more upper body muscle and about 50 more percent lower body muscle than women. Um, and obviously, like intensive training can elevate some natu natural like steroid secretion um, and help women build more muscle in men too. Um, but really what it comes down to is women, our bodies just 
in general, obviously there may be one or two outliers, but in general, women's bodies aren't made to match the bulk or strength of men's muscles. And that's mostly a hormonal influence. And really the only way to affect those hormones would literally be for you to go on some kind of hormonal replacement or steroid or something like that, which is obviously outlawed in sports and not safe um, and things like that. So really, women are just naturally set behind men when it comes to our muscle building ability. Um, And that's for many reasons. But it does come down to the fact that if a woman needs to be pregnant, bear a child, have a child, feed that child, we need more fat on our bodies to be able to sustain that, right? So um, it's just part of that nature. Again, our bodies are built to reproduce. Now, having said that, as far as speed goes, women are about 90% as fast as men, which is very interesting. So even though our muscle structure and the amount of muscle in our body is very different, we are only have about a 10% gap in our speed, which is very cool. And again, I think if you look back um, over time, especially, you know, years and years and years ago, women probably had to be able to outrun many things just like men did to survive. So um, women are definitely able to get close to a male a male speed. Uh, but for some reason, we are unable to close that last 10% gap, which is very interesting. Um, but let's talk about muscle type now. So there's two types of muscles. Type one muscle is a slow twitch muscle. Slow twitch muscles are more loosely packed and they have a lot more oxygen in them. They have a lot of um, capillaries, which means blood flow, which means oxygen. And type two muscles are fast twitch muscle fibers. Um, They have lots of protein, but they don't have a lot of blood supply to them. So they can work very rapidly and have a lot of force, um, but they don't have enough oxygen to sustain that force for a long period of time. So what's interesting is men's muscles are more solid and they are made up of more type 2 or fast twitch fibers than women's, which means um, they have about 50% more type 2 muscle fibers in their muscle than women. Um, So that means their muscles are a little bit more solid, they're more dense, they're more packed. But women have more slow twitch muscle fibers. Um, which means we have more oxygen, and that leads us to better endurance. So men kind of are built for that more explosive power, and women are built more for endurance-type situations. But also something interesting is that every everybody everybody's body will start using type 1 muscle fibers first, and then switch to type 2 when type 1 gets fatigued, or switch to type 2 when they need to be explosive. However, women tend to switch between their type 1 and type 2 muscle fibers throughout exertion. So they kind of switch back and forth more rapidly, more easily, which leads to greater endurance, whereas men will tend to completely fatigue one before the other. Another cool thing about being a woman is type 1 muscle fibers, which we have more of, actually protect us against insulin resistance and heart disease. And type 1 muscle fibers also support your immune system and promotes better hormonal function. So it's, again, kind of clear to see that we need more of those type 1 muscle fibers um, for better immune support. And that hormonal function is very important 
when we are in our reproductive years. Now, speaking of reproductive, we're going to talk a little bit about the women's reproductive system and muscles there because it's really cool. It's just really interesting to learn about this stuff. So a woman's reproductive system is aligned with muscles so powerful, they can stretch to accommodate growing and supporting human life and our organs, right? So they're, they are pliable enough to spread apart to grow human life, but they're strong enough to also hold that human life inside of us for a very long time and then strong enough to actually push that human life out of our body and then have enough elasticity to return to its previous size or something very close to it. So imagine the strength of our reproductive muscles, the fact that they can stretch, hold on to, push out, and then go back. Pretty amazing stuff. I don't think that any bench press or um, you know award-winning squat or anything like that uh, can compare to what our muscles can do when it comes to our reproductive system. The uterus itself, which is where obviously the baby grows and our placenta is held during pregnancy, is a muscular organ. So it has at least three layers of folded muscles going in all different directions in the myometrium. And this is very important. Those muscle, those layers of muscle are what help support our baby and our placenta while they are growing. Um, the vagina itself isn't just a hole, right? People are just like, oh, the vagina is a hole. It's actually a muscular tube. And this tube connects your internal organs to the outside world. So there's folded layers of smooth muscle and another layer lengthwise. And what that does is it allows the vagina to stretch and move in all different directions. So it's like, it is like super pliable, <laughs> which is again, really, really interesting. Um, but moving on from there, uh, thinking about just kind of nature in itself and how nature has developed and changed our bodies throughout, obviously, years and years and years, hundreds of thousands, millions of years. Um, you know, any species that's been around long enough, really deep down rooted in our gut is about reproduction. And, you know... I know this can be maybe controversial to some people listening to this because, you know, women have all kinds of choices now. If we don't want to have a baby, we don't have to have a baby. You know, if we don't want to um, follow stereotypical female roles, we don't have to. We have lots of choices now. Um, but if you think about, you know, a mammal, any mammal, let's not think about humans, but something a little more simple than a human, really what they live for, and I shouldn't just say a mammal, any species, but what they live for is to reproduce and keep their species going and alive. And so when we are thinking about the female body and looking at all the things that we can do, it's really a detriment to ourselves to compare ourselves to a male body and the things we can't do compared to a male body because male bodies were not built to do the things that we are built to do. And our bodies are not built to do the things that male bodies were initially, you know, intended to do. So yes, we can all fill each other's roles. There are so many men that stay home with their babies now. There are, you know, of course, 
men can do things women can do and women can do things that men can do. But when it comes down to that cellular level and we're all born, you know, as a male or a female on that cellular level, um, there are just some things that we're just predispositioned to be able or not be able to do. But understanding that women are not weak, right? So comparing ourselves or thinking about ourselves as being strong or weak as compared to a male is not fair at all because we have more than enough strength in our bodies uh, to be able to reproduce. And that is just, it's an amazing feat if you think about the amount of strength and endurance it takes from the moment that you're pregnant all the way through the full nine months plus nine months then to be able to endure labor and immediately after start filling a role of being a mother, feeding a baby, taking care of a baby. Not to say that men don't help, but our bodies were really built for that. Um, And because we have that immense reproductive fitness level, in turn, we sacrifice some of our physical force, um, you know, that, that we could have. So instead of having the bigger bone structure or more muscle mass or things like that, we switch that out to be able to have that immense reproductive fitness that we do have. Um, Even just think about our our hearing, the way our hearing has evolved over the years and our eyesight too. Women have tend to have better peripheral vision and no doubt that's for caring for our children, right? Again, not saying that in this day and age, you don't have to have children if you want and you don't have to fill that traditional role but that's just kind of science and the way that our bodies were built. So it is very, very interesting, all of this stuff to, to start digging into it and looking at why our bodies are the way they are um, and why we can change some things and why we can't change some things. Um, you know, no doubt a woman can bulk up and build some muscle mass. We've, you know, we see it, we've seen female bodybuilders, the way you feed your body and train your body and all of those things are you know, important, but also understanding that going through immense and intense training like that will affect your reproductive system. And thinking about, you know, making one sacrifice for the other, or finding a happy medium where we can live a strong, healthy, fit life without having to sacrifice um, some of that reproductive ability that we do have um, is very important. So uh, this also just kind of leaves me guessing like who knows where our bodies will be hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of years from now if we're lucky enough to survive then. Um, It's interesting to see what what will a woman's body look like or the cellular makeup of a woman's body look like a million years from now compared to a man um, based on some of the, you know, some of just the changes we've had over the last, you know, 100 years from women being stay-at-home moms and only put you know, only viewed and put on this planet to reproduce to now, you know, we're professional athletes. Um, we're not the stay at home moms. Some, some women are the, the breadwinners. Some women are, you know, um, the physical force of the family. Um, and that's totally okay. Obviously, whatever works for you and your, uh, your lifestyle is perfect, but it'll be interesting to see how those kinds of things and if those kinds of things affect um, just changes, you know. Um, one thing to remember, though, is that as a female, 
Your body is really an amazing and intricate piece of art. And just because we might not be able to be quite as fast as men or quite as strong as men, um, understanding that our bodies were built to be what they are and that we can understand that and then capitalize on that and really work on focusing on um, capitalizing on the things we can do as compared to, you know, comparing ourselves to another completely different type of body. Um, So instead of women going around and comparing ourselves to, you know, the male athletes or the male runners or the male, you know, that male stereotype is instead putting women in their whole different category and saying, you know, what's the best woman that I can be? Because we know that physically we're not going to be able to achieve that same body type, bulk, or mass as a male safely, and that's okay. So understanding your body as a woman and knowing how it works and the really cool, unique abilities we have um, can absolutely help you uh, with planning your goals for your for your physical health, right, and your fitness health and, and things like that. So um, I hope that you found this stuff pretty interesting. I definitely did. I tried to keep it short and sweet today so you don't have to listen to my terrible voice for too long. Um, and then I don't have to strain my terrible voice for too long. So hopefully a few more days and it will be back to normal. But I am planning on doing a little dive next week into the female reproductive system and um, you know our periods and how menstruation actually is super important for your bone health, um, cancer prevention, things like that. We're going to talk a little bit into birth control. Um, We're going to talk over that. And coming up in the future, what I would like to do is I am actually going to bring a friend on the show and we're going to talk about pregnancy, birthing, and VBACs. So a VBAC is a vaginal birth after cesarean section. And I want to bring her on and we're going to talk about that kind of stuff. But before we do that, I would really, really, really like to get some birth stories. Um, Birth stories, if you're a mom, you know how, like when someone asks you to tell you your story about having your child, you just kind of glow. And it's like this, the story we all want to share. So what I am asking for you is I want you to send me your birth story and I am going to spend an episode just reading birth stories because I think it's going to be really fun um, and interesting and empowering for us, um, not just as women, but men too, uh, just to understand how every birth story is different, every body is different, um, and just listen to all, you know, the, the triumphs and sometimes opposite of triumphs and sadness that may come with birth stories. But if you'd like to send me your birth story, you can do it one of two ways. You can either hit me up on Instagram at trainer under slash Cassie, or you can email me trainer Cassie H at gmail.com. And I will leave those both in the show notes. I'm hoping to get somewhere between five and 10 birth stories that I can share with our audience as short or as long as you'd like to make it. I want to be able to share your story with everyone else. Um, Thank you so much for listening again. Thank you for putting up with my terrible voice. And hopefully by the time I'm back next week, I will sound better again. Um, Have a beautiful week, everybody. 
Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I truly hope you've learned something today about your body. And I know you're thinking of someone right now that would love to listen to this too. So go ahead and send it to them. Until next time, make sure to drink plenty of water, move your body, and smile often.